Welcome to Amplified. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Well, hello, hello, and welcome to Amplified, the radio show that amplifies the life of leaders that are leading with their heart, leading with love, causing community, and causing massive positive impact in the world. So very excited to have this guest today. Haven't uh, seen him or talked to him in a while, so what a rekindling and really Another value of actually not only staying in touch and going to events, but the power of Voice America. This platform reconnects us to great leaders, great thoughts, and great transformational uh, experiences, as well as information that can help you as a listener have a better life, especially during this challenging time. Andrea, how are you? I am fantastic this morning. Okay. <laughs> that's a surprise um yeah we, we should do a little highlight video of that response for the last two years and see if there's a distinction well you know there's something about loving what you do and being with people that you love and amplifying other people that you grow to love so, i see i go. see okay well what happened this weekend i know that you are uh busy playing tennis and doing some world lifting experiences <laughs> That is exactly what I've been training for the World Weightlifting Olympics um, yeah. and tennis. Yes, um, um, by myself, solo, um, against the wall. <laughs> uh, what I did this weekend, I was up to some fun things. Uh, well, I, 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 will, I will do the reveal here. I, I've been planning something fun for you uh, and for the Keep Smiling movement. So on October 2nd, which is World, World Smile Day, week, week well, well day the beginning of uh, the yeah. day, it starts the it week technically or seven is the day. days of celebration. Yep. It is the day. Uh, we are going to be uh, in Baltimore and inviting people to the office uh, to come and share their smile. And so uh, uh, press releases are uh, almost out the door and so forth. So we'll be inviting people that they do not have to mask their smile just for at least a few moments because you can be more than six feet away from the photographer when he takes your picture. Uh, we'll be just doing some fun celebration online and uh, that'll be super fun. So I'll be seeing you, Ken, in Baltimore. And everyone get your happy mug out. Exactly. Drink it if you have it. Drink if you have it. Hot cocoa. <laughs> that all right so amazing. i'm ready for a great show <laughs> ken why don't you tell them what you were up to because you did some amazing things this weekend well we went down to atlanta and we met a wonderful publisher brandy champagne and uh brandy champion is actually a publisher who does amazing work and is going to really i would say be the solution to homeschooling. I think she's got a great talent for writing curriculum. And we met with her for a couple hours discussing children's books, curriculum, uh, just all kinds of fun ways to engage with your, your child, children, and uh, make learning fun and take the, the, I guess, the monotony of what it could be and turn it into engagement, uh, problem solving, critical thinking, and even entrepreneurism. So I'm very excited about that. Um, we don't normally do this, but because uh, Keep Smiling Week is coming up, the world one. Uh, we do have 
an element of the day, K for keep smiling, and it's also for potassium. So we are going to honor fruits and vegetables today, as well as the Q Smiling movement with the chemical potassium, which a lot of people are mad that potassium didn't get the P, but there was no, there was not going to be a chemical that had a K in it if it was not for potassium. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> well, that is exactly why it was put on this earth. <laughs> yeah. And, and then um, there's a Christoph Wyman and Lyman Montgomery had an amazing event in Atlanta that I was able to stop by and see Jen Duplicis is uh, just a lot of really cool people. We'll have to make sure those photos are available. And that was a, a nice little hour stop by to, to just see that people are not giving in to COVID. They went ahead and did their event. I think they had 9,000 signups for the, uh, the virtual aspect of it. And they did nice. a very interesting approach to uh, an event. They did a hybrid. So they did one day Saturday was the live uh, speakers that were on deck at Rich Hart Studio, one of the best studios I've seen um, in the U.S. for doing this type of event. Uh, really amazing production, super professional guy. And then the second day was the virtual side of it. So the people that did not fly in that were giving their virtual presentation. So really interesting approach and a way of making a hybrid situation a success. And I want to honor, or should I give a shout out to our production man, Aaron, his birthday is going to be this week. And is it, is it Friday? It is Thursday. Thursday. So mm -hmm. TGIF will be the celebration day for Aaron, but Thursday will be the, the bow and say thank you for all the wonderful things he does to amplify this amplified show. In fact, he's so giving. He just donated his birthday as a gift to Ken Rashawn. That's amazing. And another thing uh, a lot of people don't know about Aaron is that he is really going to be quite the story for the Q Smiling movement. He is going to share all the challenges he had to go through to become the production man at Voice America. <laughs> if he told all the secrets that he knows behind the walls of the crazy things that happen with technology and hosts and guests in the a wacky world of all of uh, behind the scenes radio, <laughs> we would never hear from him again. <laughs> well, a lot of people don't know that our, our show is fully scripted by Aaron. He actually sends us the script only a couple days before the show. We have only two days, 48 hours to memorize this entire script. So Aaron, thank you for all you do. Um, the show Thank probably. you for always making all the funny bits happen where Andrea pronounces a word wrong and Ken has the corrector. I really appreciate that. That's th Those are great moments. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I understand this is actually, uh, I'm kind of letting the cat or the cow out of the bag, as it were. But um, Voice America is presenting him with a birthday cow on his birthday. So he is going to have a pet mm. cow. And, Cash uh, cow is... is what he was hoping for. It is what he asked for, but they misunderstood. <laughs> I believe it might just be a cow patty, though. It might just, might just be a cow patty. Cow pie. It was a cow pie for his cow cake <laughs> birthday. Okay, well, um, Aaron, thank you for all you do. You mean the world to us. Uh, four years and, and change. Actually, right around this time, October 6th of four years ago, like I said, five years ago, we started at Voice America. And what a ride it's been. And thank you for every single time you've been on the show, making it a better show. Really appreciate it. All right, let's bring Mark on because we have an amazing guest, very multidimensional, talented, and I think the best word is creator. 
Well, this beautiful man, uh, Mark Haddis, um, he believes that all people can live as their optimal being and the leaders who do this set themselves up as optimal leaders, which leads to accelerating an organization's success. His latest book, Awaking the Optimal Leader, illustrates this in the principles and practices taught in RUCA, RUCA Group's Optimal Being Program. It's a support um, for people living it. Mark applies his gifts as a leader, as a mentor, visionary storyteller to tell and create compelling, engaging experiences of leaders' visions for their organization. It's a powerful desire that's inspired within the organization. And once that exists, he and his team go to the far reaches of that vision to outline that path towards full realization, which results in an awakened organization. Additionally, he's inspired by his own personal transformation. He co-founded Journey's Dream. It's a support hub for people facing mental health challenges worldwide, illuminating paths to hope and well-being. He's an international best-selling author in Journeys to Success, Health, Wellness, and Fitness edition and has significantly contributed to the board of the IC Stars and Charles Tillman's Cornerstone Foundation. Prior to Ruka Group and Journey's Dream, he started, built, and sold a $20 million, that is in revenue, tech firm over a 12-year period. He was trained by GE's Exceptional Technical Leadership Program following getting an engineering degree at Marquette University. He shares the adventure of life with his wife, Liz, and their five, five, that is a handful, of children. He is grateful, loving, and blessed. This is our beautiful friend, Mark. Welcome to the show. Thank Howdy, you, Mark. Great to be here. Well, we have a little bit of, uh, I guess, background and relatedness to I guess clean up. First of all, we didn't say thank you to our sponsors. So give a quick shout out to our sponsors for the first. Yes, segment. we do want to thank our sponsors, uh, Voice America, Influencers Channel, especially for Aaron Keller, and to the Umbrella Syndicate, the Red Carpet Connection, Perfect Publishing, Big Events USA, and the Keep Smiling Movement, and Opus O P E S dot Finance uh, for everyone's contributions to helping the world be amplified. Hey, and since uh, Mark was so kind to allow us to slip that sponsorship in, I'd also like to add Ruka Group team and a little show off of his book. Without this book, this conversation's only half as good. So there's such a great conversation to have even outside of this book, Mark. And I wanted to first of all start off by connecting the dots of how this even happened. So Andrea obviously connected with you. So Andrea, why don't you share your short version of the story and then Mark, you as well. And then we'll get, we have another thing to talk about. Go ahead, Andrea. Well, um, I, I, I tend to spend quite a bit of time on the phone with Dave Austin over the last year. We've become really, really good friends. And in our conversations, he always mentions his friend, Mark. Oh, Mark this, Mark this. Talks about Mark. Who's Mark? Oh, Mark Hattis, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, then one day I said, hey, who are some great people I should have on my show? And he's like, hmm, have you had Mark on yet? And I go, that's the guy you keep mentioning to me, this wonderful guy named Mark. And he's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry that I've never said him before. Well, how did I miss him? He's like, my favorite person. <laughs> so I said, let's call Mark right now. So I literally called Mark right in that moment. We got on the phone. Because of Mark, some other amazing people have been on our show, including our lovely Rachel. Uh, um, uh, um, uh, I always want to Rachel. say, yeah, Rachel, Rachel Brooks Smith, and uh, and uh, and then our guest next week is also because of Mark, because of these wonderful introductions What's his name? of amazing people. T say who you just were with all week. Oh, James Purpura. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. Oh, you're going to have fun with James. Yeah. So yeah. The, the Mark and legacy Rachel's is fantastic. I'll be, I can't wait to see. I, I got to go back and watch Rachel's show. That's that was a, that was a really great fun. show. It was well, fun. thank you for uh, the recommendations. And, and then from your side of it, Mark, um, I guess give a, a, a nice shout out to our lovely friend, Dave Austin, and, and how this actually became a show as well. Because I think connecting the dots is very important when people see a show like this and they say, wow, this wasn't a show that just happened in happenstance. It was a lot of background of impact. Well, it's interesting because uh, it actually dates back to 2014, 15 in that time frame. I met Dave at CEO Space. Mm-hmm. And I had just had kind of a falling out with a business partner at the time where we said, and actually we're back like working on things together, but we said, uh, hey, let's, let's explore some different things. And CEO space came up, Dave's on stage, and I just had this connection that I needed to know this man. After dinner that night, we spent a couple hours together and hit it off. I ended up hiring him. And we worked together for, boy, it was probably a year or so until he, he agreed, you know, hey, let's continue doing this, but why don't you coach me too? So we started coaching each other for a while and have done some really neat things. He's been involved in Journey's Dream. He's been really a champion of mine. Um, and he became a champion of mine when I needed it the most. Well, I see you are uh, to, the, to your left. I see you're where uh, you have his journey just out of uh, his jersey, uh, Dave Austin jersey, 54. <laughs> right. Dave, <laughs> Dave Austin Erlocker. <laughs> well, I guess uh, I was there. Well, I was at a CEO space right about the same time, 2015. So I, I, if you're 2014, I missed you by a hair, but we saw each other again at CEO space and you have uh, just a tremendous amount of CEO space support and also really leaders and accolades from really leaders that, have a lot of influence. So congratulations on that. Yeah, thank you. That uh, It's been, it is a remarkable community of people who are, re- it's so supportive and people are building things, but then instead of going to get, they go to really give and build and, and serve. And, and it's kind of a unique thing on the planet. I don't know that it exists anywhere else. I would agree. I, I, I think the three words that come to mind for what I experienced with CEO Space is innovation, disruption, and collaboration. Oh, those are great words. Yeah. And, and if you were to say, what, who, how do you find the people that you meet there? It would be one or all three of those words. <laughs> yep. Okay. So we had kind of an uneventful uh, connection at CEO Space. I don't recall us really saying more than boo to each other. I think I, you said boo to me and I said, well, like that. And I got scared <laughs> and I ran, but um, <laughs> sure. yeah, exactly. Uh, but Bill Walsh uh, was the person who had an invitation to at least myself. And then you were participating at Sage through Bill Walsh as well. Right. And we, we had a really crazy in depth conversation. I, I want to say it was just about an hour, but then at the end of it, we were both like, for me, I was kind of blown away and I was like, okay, I got to reconnect with him later. And it just never happened. And here we are about, you know, a, a couple hours before the show sharing all the things we've done in the last five years and thinking this is not a big enough show. So we better get to, we got to get to work on <laughs> all the things we got to say in the show. All right. You ready? Do it. Let's do it. Okay. So let's start off with uh, telling the audience who you are as a, a person developing from childhood or who your parents were. How did you become who you are today from a childhood experience? 
Um, so I, it's interesting. Uh, <laughs> oh, I know it is baby <laughs> from childhood, huh? <laughs> so I grew up in a Irish Catholic family. Uh, McCarthy is my mom's maiden name and grandpa was an entrepreneur. And after world war II, he was in the Navy, came back and, and he started a carpet business. So that was kind of my mom's life growing up and, and dad grew up in Detroit, kind of poor family, never owned a home until he graduated. He put himself through grade school and high school. And after college, put a down payment on his parents' house, which, which for a long time just brought tears to my eyes. Like, how could someone do that? Uh, but he did. And so just a really uh, loving, gentle human being. And they uh, had five children. Um, one of five, four sisters and me. And you can imagine growing up with four sisters. I don't know if either of you have siblings like that. But one of the biggest things for me growing up was not feeling like I fit in with the guys. I didn't know how to talk to guys. You know, they'd be standing around talking about stuff like, you know, these jerseys. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I, parents wouldn't let me stay up late enough to watch Monday Night Football kind of thing as I was growing up. So there was an element of very much uh, a loving home. Dad traveled a lot in sales, felt a lot of rejection, especially seventh grade. And that was a turning point. It's like, I just, I just felt lost. Didn't know um, that I'd ever honestly have a friend again. And my mom why? Why? arranged a friendship yeah, but why, why did you feel that way? I had uh, a group of friends in the neighborhood, and I, I, I believe that every, we, we kind of co-create our environment, right? So I must have done something at the time, but they all rejected me. They all said- Yeah, but th you just said a little while ago that you felt like you never belonged, and here you created that reality. I did a pretty good job of it. <laughs> you did a good job. Yeah, I was, I was very good at creating that reality. Um, and at school, the same thing happened the same year. I didn't go off for the basketball team for the first year in seventh grade, so I could do a paper route, and I was working at a farm thing. And uh, it was, that was apparently my connection to my friends. I felt so disconnected. So I'd be in tears often, uh, you know, riding my bike around, throwing the papers, you know, just feeling alone and, and didn't know how to navigate through that. So my mom found a kid who was also struggling and talked to the mom and said, Hey, what do you think about getting Mark and David together? And she's like, that would be a great idea. And so this was eighth grade a year later, we became friends and moved into high school. And I eventually by junior year in high school started to feel like I belonged more and got my strength. And where I got my strength was in making money. I was very good at making money. I had 14 jobs before I graduated college and worked for GE out of, out of school and sales. I was very good at it. I had a sales thing earlier than that too. And on the, let me back up just a little bit. My wife and I got married in 96 and I had just, we had just moved to Kansas City from, she what was- What is that in relation to the 14 jobs? When did you get married? Say that again? You said that you had 14 jobs. And you said, let me back up a bit. We got married in 1996. What is that in relationship to the- Oh, that was after. Yeah. So 14 jobs by the time I graduated college, graduate college, get married. 
So and now was, Mark, out of the 14 jobs, uh, Mark, what, what was the job that uh, maybe had the most influence or impact on you? Um, Galt Airport. Um, I, I was a lineman at an, at an airport in, Woods, in Greenwood, Illinois, and I would fill the planes with gas. And I was getting my pilot's license as well while I was working there. Um, I was about six, six, 17 years old, and I got fired from that job. And so it was most impactful because it was interesting because not many people work at a little airport when they're growing up. Um, but also it's the only job I ever got fired from. <laughs> and it was the worst situation. This guy comes in, it was big guy, Mike, and he sits me down and he said, look, I'm firing you today. I don't need to tell you why because Illinois has a right to protect that information. I don't need to tell you why you need to go. And I, I still to this day am perplexed as to what happened there. But what shaped me in that moment, it's like I can't depend on an employer because mm -hmm. it was so random. And it was one of the seeds that led me to start my company later. So in a way, it was just like everything that you'll hear in my story. Anything that was tough at the time ended up being actually a – pretty remarkable gift. You know, you remind me of my brother a little bit. My brother's Stephen Roshan. Steve Roshan is an engineer and he has always been really intellectually super high. He, uh, he's the guy you want on your team in Trivial Pursuit. He's the guy you want. Uh, he knows every stat of every, every single sport. It's insane. And <clears throat> he copied me and worked at a gas station, uh, Hess gas station back in, uh, the 80s and he was he was I think 16 he just qualified at work and he had an altercation with the boss and the boss says you're fired and he says no I'm not or something like that. He, he wouldn't accept the boss and the boss says I will deck you if you don't get out of this off this property go he wouldn't pay my brother for oh. his last week so he was he was firing him and not going to pay him last week oh. and, he, and my brother says my brother is the nicest person in the world and this is so out of character, but he says, I'm not leaving here until I get a paycheck for my last week. And I would prefer it in cash. The guy turned bright red and he wanted to actually assault my brother. And he says, I, I, I will punch you out and you will leave this place. And, and, and my brother calmly said to him, and I'll own, your, I'll own the gas station at age 16. And <laughs> Love and, your brother. <laughs> And I didn't know where the courage came from, but he just logically processed that that did not make sense. And so he was just going to call it out. Wow. So he got, and, and the guy had to pay him cash. The, uh, he was so disrupted by that conversation. The guy paid my brother like the $120 he owed him and my brother left and that was it. So uh -oh. I thank you for, for reminding me of that wonderful story. <laughs> yeah, that's a good story. I love it. Well, it was, it was, I did not have that much. I did get paid. I know that. <laughs> But I didn't try to fight for my job. And you know what's interesting is for me, there was a little regret after that. It's like, wait a minute, maybe that would have worked out differently had I pushed. But I don't think he would, he just, for legal reasons, he wasn't going to say much. Yeah, that's, that is an interesting, uh, I, I can't even put myself in that position and not have curiosity overtake me. I, I would have to say, hey, off the record, can you tell me what I could have done better? I mean, I just need to, <laughs> as X age, I need to know so I can do better in the next job. And just concede that I'm fired, but please help me get better for the next job. Just, just to get the answer out of them. I didn't even care <laughs> if it's true. <laughs> right. Something. I thought uh, you're uh, muted, Andrea. Andrea, you're muted. You were 
I think you're you so thought- in- you're Ken. You're so inquisitive, though. I could totally see that. I could I could see you being four and you're you you going. Why is wanting those cookies too much? And why was there a problem with me getting up in the <laughs> cupboard to get them? <laughs> how yeah. how injured could I get falling? And how much is my dinner disrupted? <laughs> well, actually, this is this is a big point of the show for me is that when you have someone tell you and they're kind enough to tell you that it's not working and they're and you're either fired or you're not getting hired or they're looking at other alternatives. It's the most amazing opportunity for you to interject your passion and say, I actually care about your decision right now. And you could reverse a firing as you, as you kind of alluded to Mark. But I I mean, I just had someone today rate me and said, you know, we're looking at other alternatives. And I said, I just want to thank you for being so clear about that. And thank you for the opportunity of even having an option to work with you. And uh, if you can tell me what I can do to, uh, deserve your business. What I can do better to deserve your business, I would really appreciate that. And I said, I look forward to working with you. And I, you know, that's a closing assumptive sentence, but there's nothing that's going to happen bad out of that. Right, right, right. <laughs> and there's a there's a confidence and a trust. You know, not I learned this. I had uh, I should tell probably a little more of the story. Um, you better, here. you better. But, we're going to hang up on you. And then I'll and then I'll get to, <laughs> to this point. So. I get married, work for GE. We moved to Kansas City, and uh, Liz has uh, a, a health scare and is in the hospital for a couple of months. And so we're in the hospital, and I am in tears talking to my dad because they're checking to see if what's happening is malignant and 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 et cetera. And we're six months into our, our marriage, not even. And I remember hanging off the phone. I said, hey, because that wasn't my dad did his best, but it didn't really resolve all the all the things that were coming up. And I just calmly said, you know, God, if there's a way for her to heal from this, you know, if she can get better, like I'm yours, I'll do whatever. And what was interesting is it wasn't too long later. She got well and then we built a home there. And then she says, I get a call from a friend in Naperville, Illinois, who is also my cousin. He's got a small business like, hey, Mark, what would you think of leaving GE and coming out here and joining this little five, six person company? And I was like, no way. Why would I do that? But then I was reminded of that little prayer I had. And I said, well, maybe I should just be a little more open. Well, it turns out that miracle after miracle after miracle led us to drop our defenses and open up. And we ended up moving to Illinois six months into joining that little tiny company. We doubled the size of the business, but the partners fell apart. And that was the impetus for me to go start my business. Hmm. And uh, for about 12 years, I built and then eventually sold a tech company building custom software. And we had about 150 employees, about 20 million. I felt like a fish out of water most of the time because I had an engineering background um, and no business background. So I was learning business on the fly. Well, I want to ask you a very, very important question, but I don't want you to answer that question because we're going to go to break. All right. So out of that experience, you sold the company for so much. And that amount was if you want to share it and what you did with that money that you sold it for. Coming back to you in a second. Andrea, let's take us to break. 
Uh, we thank, again, all of our sponsors for making us uh, possible here with Amplified with Ken Rashawn, and that's Opus Dot Finance, creating a different globalization, uh, equal and fair to everyone, and the Keep Smiling Movement, our charity of choice, and uh, uh, the Red Carpet Connection, the Umbrella Syndicate, Big Events USA, Perfect Publishing, and Voice America Influencers Channel, and we'll be back with you hey, wait, right wait. after. And, Mark, and Mark's group. Ruka Group. Yes, of course. I mean, he's part of our show, and I can't and thank you, I can't thank you enough for. <laughs> I mean, that is so kind of you, Mark. What caused you to actually make the title this and then expand it to that? I mean, that's insane. Love I was it. so when you told me it was Ken, the optimal leader. I go, there's more than there's so much more in the world than just a Ken. So thank <laughs> well, you. For thanks for, and Ken, thanks for encouraging me to expand it to include more people. All right, we're going to break. We'll be back in a minute. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at umbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. Well, we're glad to be back, and we kind of let a little bit of the cat out of the bag that if you are named Ken or you know someone named Ken, this book is for you. And if you are a Ken, remember there are other names in the world that we need to take care of because there's an awakening for all leaders, men and women. So let's, uh, let's find the answer to that question. So the question was, what did you do with the exit, and what did you do with the money for the exit, and what was the next stage? Yeah, um, so... The exit was interesting. So first off, this was nine months before I ended up in the psych ward that the exit happened. And the exit was pretty extraordinary for me because for the first time I felt like I didn't have to be running, that I wasn't needing to push, that I wasn't carrying the weight of the world or this in my world on my shoulders, that the thing I always thought would make everything easier money I had. And 
it was interesting because I had no idea what to do with that much money. And so the first year or so, essentially I put about a million dollars into different companies, different people, and they all went bust. They all like just fell away. Mm-hmm. And well, look, take, a second realized- for this. take a second for that. So you put it into a lot of people and yep. you batted zero. Um, what did you learn from that? And besides the fact that it was a bad idea, what did you actually see as the, the hints or the parameters of the red flags moving forward? So the biggest thing that I learned, and it wasn't until a while later, but the biggest thing I learned is that I was looking for relationship equity with the money I was giving. That I wanted to have people like me mm-hmm. because I felt so insecure and inadequate if I didn't have a company that, well, if I invest with people, then they'll like me, then they'll include me. So you were the opposite of a shark tank. You were like a dolphin tank of, if you like me, I will give you money so you can actually not rip me off, but <laughs> throw the money away. Is that kind of an idea? Yeah, no one, no one intentionally ripped me off in that realm. But yes, it was, it was sort of no due diligence. Like, oh, Ken, I like you. You've got this like, you know, crazy idea. Like, sure, I'll help you. You know, I want in gotcha. and then you'd have to talk to me for, you know, a period of time and I would feel like you were my friend. Right. And the reality was not that it was, it was that, wait, this isn't how to manage money. Okay. So, um, to that was your counter- one. I got it. So to counter that you have a, uh, you have a million dollars to do the same thing again, who would you be looking for? So you actually create abundance from that million. All right. So here's what, here's what I was, I I began to do a lot of meditation at the time and the inner guidance that I kept getting was invest in yourself. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, why would I do that? I didn't want to work because I had a mindset of, I wanted to retire, but today I would have just said, you know what, I'm putting that into myself. I'm putting that into where I can have a, um, another company built to have a bigger impact. So not in like an Apple or a Tesla or Facebook. I, I, not that I wouldn't put any money into those things, but um, no, it would be, it would be putting into something that I was being guided from within to create. And you said that you went to a psych ward. I'm assuming you had gotten a, a position as a director of psychology at that psych ward. So they gave you that very big. I'm still, I'm still waiting. <laughs> See, next to, next to Dave's jersey here is my, is my doctorate somewhere on the wall or a spot for it. They haven't shipped it yet. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. So, so I, uh, yeah, no, I was, I was a patient there. Uh, not that that was necessary just because walls were moving and I was talking to people that visibly weren't present. I mean, I don't see what the problem was, but <laughs> not everyone let's, around me thought it was real cool. So let's take a second for that. Um, for s- several reasons. One is I think, the biggest gift people give is when they're vulnerable and they share what they had to overcome, which could be really super dark or challenging and almost impossible. And you certainly have done that. That's one reason why. And the second reason I alluded to is the key smiling movement is not just about a fake smile. like just put a smile on your face. It's about really transforming and shifting what is possible, even though you're in like really mucky stuff. So we have an interest from a mental wellness standpoint specifically in this conversation to help our movement and even to possibly open up a conversation for you to be a future author. Cause I think this is really addressing something we'd really be interested in. Sure. Sure. So 
I'll share the story has been written about and talked about a lot that I went through. And if anyone is listening and has gone through their own mental health crisis, um, there's nothing really funny about it or fun about it when you're going through it. Uh, but on the other side of it, I'm healthy today. Uh, I don't, I'm not on any medication. Um, thriving. I've been that way for, for now five plus years, but there was a three year period there that was, that was very challenging, very hard on my family. Uh, my wife became my mother for a little while at, at, at our home here. So she had a sixth child. Um, I didn't trust myself. I mean, it was, it was really, really pretty messy. And, uh, there were situations that were unexplainable. I mean, just, just really couldn't be explained like from, from science. Like what? Um, well, one example, I already alluded to the wall moving, but uh, I was being, my body started to move one day. I was meditating and suddenly instead of, you know, you might say, well, lift your hand or, you know, you're, and you might realize, oh, I'm lifting my hand to get the coffee mug. Well, my hand was just li- lifting and it would be moving. And eventually it moved into my whole body where I was being moved into these yoga positions. And once I would get to kind of the, the apex, if you will, the yoga position, there'd be a crack in my body and this energy would move. And the last one that I successfully did, I was put into a position in a bathroom using the toilet as leverage and I was on the floor and I, my whole body was going to be arced back. So my head was tucked you know, under my body. And I don't remember the name of it in yoga, but there's a position for it. And I'd never done yoga, so this was all new to me. But I would see the image in my mind and my body would start to move into the position. Well, I fell. And when I got back into position or moved into position, the, wall, the door moved closer. And I thought, well, is it really closer or is it just in my imagination? Then I did it again and fell. And this time the door was right up against like all that could fit was my, sh- my shoulders and head and then the door. And that was enough to allow me to do the position. So that's what happened with the wall moving. Now, if my wife Liz would have come in the room, she wouldn't have seen the wall move, but it moved for me. And then the second story I'll share is, um, and this is just one element. There are lots of different elements of pretty wacky stuff. Uh, but another element was I pulled a muscle in my back so badly, no one was home, but so badly I couldn't move. And suddenly these invisible hands show up, roll my body over and start almost stitching whatever was going on back together, rolled me back on my back and lifted me up. And there was no uh, visible reference to anybody in the room, but there was something moved me and lifted me. And then all the pain was gone. It was totally healed in a second. So those are kinds of things that people have told me like, well, Mark, that's not crazy. That's just like kind of a spiritual awakening or this. It's like, I don't label it. For me, it was what it was, but I was so confused about what was happening because it really put a different spin on reality. And it took years for me to really reconcile that it was okay. That, you know what, what happened, happened, it was okay. And now the maturing of it, 
I have uh, awakened to a place of being able to do things in coaching and, and with humanity that I would never have had the ability to do. All right. So I want to cut in now and just say that the show is coming to a wind down, not uh, obviously very, very soon, but soon enough that we need to be a little bit more, I guess, intentional about quicker responses moving forward because I have so many questions for you, Mark. And we also have rapid fire. So we have a book. You sent the book. Thank you very much for it. Um, I've not read all of it, but what I read, I love. And um, I want to actually have people understand what they get. You're very clear in the back what, what you get out of this book. But why do people want to get this book, especially now? So this book, um, this book was never intended to sell. Honestly. It is your first book. Is that correct? It's my first book. It was never intended to sell. It's intended to be a visionary fiction book that would be a model to go into other companies and create their story. And the way it's framed is <clears throat> it's our initial beginnings in a nonfiction story about Ruka Group and what we're doing and, and impact, et cetera. And then it goes into a visionary fiction story of where it goes 20 years from now. And so the idea is that organizations could have their own book, give it to their employees, and their employees can experience emotionally and visually um, the future of the organization and opt in. Instead of saying, oh, I just need a job. It's like, no, before you come work here, read this and see if you want to contribute to creating this vision. That was the intention. And uh, obviously, uh, first of all, good job on the Jill Lublin uh, holding the book while you talk and having, because that's, that's a Jill Lublin. Uh, <laughs> that is a Jill Lublin thing. Yeah, yes, right, it is. Right so here. good job on that. Um, <clears throat> so great choice on the color, white for awakening and little fishy being obviously the leader. And like how you brought it in from the back to the front. So really cool. Yeah, um, where can people get the book besides Amazon? Can they go to your website? Uh, you could go, yeah, pretty much Amazon. Uh, it is on our, uh, the Ruka site, I think, does have it, but it just takes you to Amazon. Uh, okay. But if you go to Amazon, you'll find that and a few other things. So you got any uh, goodies for our listeners uh, to kind of connect with not only your awakening, but uh, really your transformation? So what I discovered is there's a process that people can go through uh, to really connect with the true essence of who they actually are. And most people go through life attached to the phase of their humanity, of being uh, a mother, a husband, uh, a, you know, a, a wife, a child. You know, they have, they're attached to their role and they miss their identity and then they get confused a little bit about who they really are. So everything we do is to support people in experiencing the restoration of the I am state. And in that I am state, what they experience is pure love and all the drama, all the stories, all the beliefs that are not helpful to someone start to fall away. And there's telling there's, the books I've created. There's a children's book we'll talk about in a moment. There's a program on the faith side. There's a business program. I've got a new book that's going to come out about awakening the optimal workforce that'll go through all the 10 elements of well-being. Why, why don't you, uh, I'm going to cut in because we are in a time crunch. Yeah. Uh, can you give just the 10 elements in kind of hyperspeed? 
Yeah. So essentially the 10 elements are stress management, the ability to be in that I am present state uh, with others, with self, uh, when faced with truth. A lot of people get stuck on their content and they don't keep things open to, to change. There's freedom from fear, freedom from hostility, uh, consistency, nutrition, and use of will. And of the 10, which is the one that uh, is holding back most people if they focus there first? I would say that we do an assessment on people. And so everyone has, they all have a, a top three. And then based on where their top three are, we have a program to actually support them in mm -hmm. moving the needle on those. Um, but I would say that there's a lot in our world on the one I didn't mention, which we call laws of living. They're essentially laws of the universe, uh, spiritual laws, physical, emotional, mental, and most people aren't aware of them. And if they uh, butt up against them, they feel more like a victim rather than being in response to their life. That's the number one thing. Okay. Well, I, I like that you say move the needle because anyone that uses that jargon, that, that type of response is concerned about results and concerned about the gap in which someone is and where they can be. So great job. Um, we would like to do something we don't normally do. In fact, I don't think we've ever done it. We're going to share the screen and show the beautiful work of your children's book. And oh. I'd like you to, uh, while we're doing that, go ahead and just start talking about how that idea came about. Be brief, of course, and talk about the importance of choosing that illustrator. And you said you had a little story, if you could keep it just kind of short. Yeah, so the, uh, the book is called It, um, and it's a story about a young man who has a very interesting talent, but he's not seeing it and okay. you're and you're the member in the you're you're there and you're actually witnessing it and there's this kind of uh there's two elements one is do you tell him how good he is so there's there's a cool thing there and another is does he hear it and then what happens next it's really pretty powerful uh and uh and fun the illustrator uh in this is Aubrey Foster did you want I'm, to say? I'm trying to get Andrea to do the cover so yeah, we can all I see don't it. have, he didn't oh. send me the cover, gotcha. so I cannot. Okay. So thank you. Oh, I was, that's why I was ignoring you I subtly. <laughs> oh, so, well, there, see, now we have the cover. There's the so cover. There right. You're getting a little glare. Tip, Just tip hold it, it forward. Yep. Tip it forward. There you go. And there you go. And this this is actually the pre-sale version. I don't even have the official version because it just got published. Uh, but and, this is and go ahead and uh, share the title again. It's it. <laughs> and don't confuse that with IT or... Right. The book <laughs> is it. Um, and so the, I, I'm sorry I interrupted you. You were talking about the illustrator. I know that was yeah, the illustrator is a, a young, a young woman. She's I think 20 now. And I met her at CEO space. Her and name? as you saw from the illustrations, I mean, she's just absolutely uh, joyful. And the quick story on it is I had essentially received the story. It was a, it was a gift. I was walking and it just, it just came. And I shared it with a friend and he said, you should make this into a book. And much time passed and I was at CEO space and I met Aubrey and I thought, oh my gosh, she could be my illustrator. Well, Dave Austin, about an hour earlier, had lunch with her and he came and found me. He said, Mark, I think I found your illustrator for the It book. <laughs> and Aubrey's last Same name? Person. Aubrey's last name? Aubrey Foster. And is she on the front cover? She is... Right okay. Awesome. 20 years old. That's incredible. Her, and work is, is, and her name's on the front cover there. 
Yeah, that's that, to me, that's really important uh, because the children's book comes to life with an illustrator. And I, you know, I, I called you quite immediately after I saw the power of the book. I was in Atlanta the day that you sent it. So I didn't receive your email until four days later. But when I saw it, I was like, okay, this is going to be a heck of a, a multidimensional conversation. So you actually uh, shared with me that you want to do 10 more books, children's books. Second yeah, there's going to be, the, well, on each of the elements of well-being, there's going to be a book. Um, by the way, all of those elements, I mean, not each of the elements of well-being. Let me correct that. They, they're included in there. But it actually takes the Beatitudes from uh, what Jesus taught, the Sermon on the Mount, and the 10 books are going to go through the actual understanding of each of those 10 Beatitudes, which if those are practiced, Dave Austin and Kathy, um, his wife, and I created a program called Beatitudes Practice. If they're practiced, it actually leads someone to that I am state, that full awakened state. Um, it's fun. So we're going to create a children's series on that. Okay. So to, you have a children's book coming out really soon, like in a week. And I, we would have actually postponed the show for two weeks if we'd known that, because I got to tell you that those are both oh, just... It's yeah. out. It's out now. It is out now. Yes, I know. But yeah. we would have had it. So I would have, I would have read that too. So here's the, yeah. here's the dealio. I, I know that a book is typically created because of a concept that inspires the author to actually write an entire book. So the concept is X. And so if you would give the ultimate nugget in this book that caused you to write the book and what the reader will get from it. Uh, my own spiritual awakening had with it a very unique gift that I only showed to a few people and was embarrassed, didn't really know if it was something that it, it felt like I had something, it was kind of cool, but didn't think anyone would appreciate it. Um, and then when people started to appreciate it more and more, there was, there were people like it, the character in the story that kind of said, oh my gosh, Mark, this is, do you realize that you changed my life? Do you realize, you know, do you realize, do you realize? Um, and that's the, the nugget. It's, it's, I mean, it's my growing up into accepting that, you know what, this is a gift and it's to be shared. And well, I, so many of us have gifts and don't share them. Well, this was my kind of story of, hey, it's time for us to share these gifts. Amen. Thank you, Mark, because I saw you five years ago and again, probably three years ago or four years ago at Sage, and we were still in conversation and we certainly have gone more into the creation mode of actually creating legacy. And I want to acknowledge you to do two books in this COVID period is actually taking the bull by the horns. It's a uh, it's saying, hey, if there's ever a time to create, this is the time to create, and there's no excuse. So first of all, awesome job on that. And the fact that you're not only thinking about these two, but now you have lifted off and said, you know, there's at least 10 more coming out. And I can see that you're very passionate about this. So we're going to move to rapid fire. Quick questions, quick answers. So what's a book that changed your life? There, I'm going to say two. The Millionaire Next Door which is a book I read very at a very young age. And then uh, The Way of Mastery. By who? J-M. J-A-Y-E-M. Gotcha. Okay. Amazing book. What's the song that gets you motivated, jazzed up? <laughs> um, so it's Canon. Uh, was it Canon? Um, D? Yes. By Pachelbel. I, I often before, I mean, I'll, if I'm kind of funky, I'll put that on. Yeah, Pachelbel, man. There, you cannot play with Pachelbel. That's the one. It's so awesome. you have a 
you have a nonprofit. We have a nonprofit. So um, tell us about your nonprofit in 30 seconds. Well, Journey's Dream, it's a resource hub for mental health. Uh, there's, there's so much available. Just go to journeysdream.org and check it out. Uh, it's, it's really changing the narrative about mental health. Okay. Andrea? Uh, what, what was your favorite game to play when you were a child? <laughs> we, I love game night. Uh, probably what's coming to mind here, Clue in Life were two mm. of my favorite games. Uh, a hero, your hero, person who inspires you. I, I'm going to, I'm going to name three, Jesus, Martin Luther King Jr. And Mother Teresa. Awesome. <clears throat> what, um, what author, children's author did you read when you were young? Do you, re did you have a favorite one or a favorite book? Uh, it's, I think it was called the, where the wild things are wild. <gasps> yes. The wild things with the big, the big yes. troll-like creature. Yeah, that one. Yep, that's good. you know I could almost put my hands on that. That's how that book is in our in our reach usually a lot of times. That that is a great book. It's a great okay, book. Um, who's someone you haven't met you would love to meet? Oh, that's interesting. And you can do one living, one dead if you'd like. So, um, I think I'd like to hang out with Oprah. Honestly, I think, well, I think I've seen her kind of do so much in the world, but there's such a depth to her. Uh, I think that would be a ton of fun. Well, they chose to do the landscaping outside my house right now. So if there's a little buzz, it's because. Oh, I thought it was reverb. I was yeah, trying no, to. It's, 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 it's the show comes. is really creating a lot of echo in the world, but also the <laughs> landscape outside too. You know, um, 50 Cent in his new book, uh, Work, uh, Hustle Harder, Hustle Smarter, he talks about the fact that uh, Oprah wouldn't, you know, even acknowledge him because she was, he was the antithesis of what her message was. And so he named uh, his dog Oprah, which got so much publicity. She goes, why would you do something that mean? He goes, well, since you don't like me, I might as well have you as an enemy. And so then she looked into him and she found out that he really was a, a person worthy of friendship. And so it worked. So get a cat or a dog and do. do, do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're wrapping up here. So um, another question from Andrea, and then we're going to close up. A cat or dog. Uh, you know, I, I was with eight dogs in one house the other day. I love dogs, but my wife grew up with cats, and we've got cats. Two cats, cats. are the way to go. Cats <laughs> are the way to go. Two All cats. right, uh, close it out with a, a quote you live by. So I got this not too long ago, actually. I just love it. And there's two quotes. One's Adam Markell, who you know. Uh, I love my life, which I have on my computer here. I love my life. Um, okay. I just thought that was really good. And then uh, – Another one is, I don't know that I'll quote it biblically correctly, but Jesus said, you too can do this and more. All right, Mark. Well, we have amplified you as a leader that is transforming the world, and we're so thankful for you. Uh, Andrea, give our sponsors a shout out, and thank you very much. Have a great week and stay amplified. We want to thank our charity of choice, the Keep Smiling Movement, the Red Carpet Connection, the Umbrella Syndicate, Big Events USA, Perfect Publishing, <laughs> Ruka Group, Voice America Influencers Channel, and our charity that we love, the thekeepsmilingmovement.com. The and, and a new charity looking we love, Journey's Dream. Journey's Dream yes. is a new... new. And uh, be looking uh, for things this week. Hashtag keep smiling. Share your smiles with everyone as we get ready to enter Keep Smiling World Week.
And if you speak English, you should be there. If you don't, you should also be there. <laughs> I'll translate. It, I'll translate that later. <laughs> All right. Have a great week. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplify. Be sure to join Ken Rashan again next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go get your message heard.